Blog Talk Radio. and around the world. I'm Jackie Laura Jones with you on this Tuesday, February 13th, 2018 for True Forgiveness Teachings. I hope you all had a great weekend and are starting off this week on a good note. I have a wonderful guest for you guys today, our friend Kareen Zupko. She is the author of the new book, From Anxiety to Love, A Radical New Approach for Letting Go of Fear and Finding Lasting Peace. And Corinne has battled debilitating anxiety for most of her life, and she's going to share her journey about it and finally being guided to A Course in Miracles, which has been life-changing for her, she says. Um, And Corinne's book, you guys, goes beyond fixing the symptoms of anxiety and goes to the root cause, a shift in one's thinking. So everyone tuning into this show understands that (laughs) about A Course in Miracles. And Corinne offers strategies designed to help readers shift the fundamental way they perceive the world. She writes that she's worked herself out of terror and into an anxiety-free life. Lots of goodies in this book. You can find her at fromanxietytolove.com. Corinne, welcome to the show. Jackie, thank you. I'm so excited for our conversation today, and I'm so happy to be here. Oh, gosh, it's so good to have you. I I feel like I know you, although I haven't met you yet in person. It it is so nice to have you on the show. And I've got to tell you, I haven't had a chance because we've scheduled this sooner um, to get through the whole book. But what I've gotten through is amazing. Uh, Your your vibe, the way you say it, um, the message is just wonderful. I wanted to just read one paragraph that I love to start off um, the conversation. You, oh my gosh, um, it's from (laughs) your chapter, Awakening from a Not-So-Sweet Dream. (laughs) And you write, we can change the way we see because we have a constant, sure, and unwavering connection to our loving source, even in the midst of the everyday world. We didn't really separate from our source. We just wholeheartedly believe that we did. Our connection is what the Course calls the Holy Spirit and what I call your inner therapist. Every instant that we entertain the, quote, tiny mad idea that we can exist separately from the love of God as egos, our inner therapist is there to remind us that we don't have to be permanently lost in the dream. Corinne, it's a powerful paragraph, and I love it that you call it our inner therapist. Yes, you know, in the course, it says that the Holy Spirit is the one true therapist, and in learning how to work with the Holy Spirit, I had been through so much therapy as a child, as an adult, because I was so debilitated with so much anxiety, and It's been through the work of the course and working with the Holy Spirit, my inner therapist, that that healing has come about to realize that we've not separated. We just think that we have. And I tell you, the more we realize that we have not separated from God, from love, whatever you want to call it, anxiety has to fall away. It just has to. And that's been my experience that it's just 
it's just fallen away as I remember more and more and more the truth about who we all are. Incredible. And I was reading your book and, and listeners, you know, this is such, we can even, it's so powerful with anxiety because Corinne, uh, Corinne is saying that 40, over 40 million people suffer from it. But as we know, with the work with the course, your book, Corinne, you could substitute whatever your issue is and use your methods, your mindfulness mantras, your techniques and tips that I, that I, I love in this. But tell people just a little bit about what you experience with anxiety because you really, you really have had an interesting life script with that, haven't you? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I've been through a ringer. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was diagnosed with my first anxiety disorder at the age of two, and that was separation anxiety disorder. My poor mother could not leave the room without me screaming my head off. And okay. as a child, I was very anxious, a lot of worries, lots of phobias, lots of fears. And when I was in college, my sophomore year, that's when I broke down with debilitating anxiety and panic attacks. That's a time when, quote unquote, mental health issues surface for a lot of students is those, you know, those, uh, those college years. Yeah, I was no exception. And the precipitating event for my, quote unquote, breakdown into panic was that a student who I did not even know who was a year older than I was, died very suddenly of meningitis. And I remember feeling so scared when I heard this news that how can he be fine one night and dead the next morning? I calmed myself down during the day, but 3 a.m. that next morning, I woke up. It felt like a punch in the stomach of stress hormones. I was overwhelmed with terror. I remember my knees just shaking, feeling like I could barely get down my bunk bed and my heart was racing. I was, you know, sweating. My hands were shaking. And I, I was convinced that I was about to die. And that was the first time I had a panic attack. It would not be the last. And it was on the cold bathroom tiles of my residence hall suite that I picked up the phone. And miraculously, my mother at 3 o'clock in the morning picked up my call And she sort of talked me through it and instilled hope in me that we'd find help for me. Now, at this moment, this is when she said, Corinne, I know I've tried to talk to you about this book called A Course in Miracles. (laughs) As I read this in your book, this is funny. Go ahead. (laughs) She's like, I really think it can help you. It's all about learning how to undo fear. And I was like, absolutely. You know, I'll try anything. But I had this sort of flashback of all this guilt from my mom, who had been trying to talk to me about the course leading up to this. I would, you know, with teenage defiance, you know, when you like plug your ears with your fingers and you're like, you know, I'm not listening. That's essentially what I would always do. I had no interest in the spiritual crap that she was talking about. And it was not, (laughs) it was not until I was in this place of complete desperation, you know, my rock bottom that I was like, I will try anything, anything. And that's when shortly after that, she gave me my first copy of the course, which I still have. It's falling apart. The cover is off. Yeah. The spine is missing. It was right. held together with duct tape and then electrical tape. And, you know, that's not working <laughs> anymore. But she gave that book to me. And the first line that I read was that line, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. 
And I went, huh? (laughs) Yeah, right, right. (laughs) I did not get it. But there was something in me that sort of stirred. I had this inner recognition that something in me did know what that meant. And Mm -hmm. that kept motivating me to keep going. Mm -hmm. So maybe I didn't get like 80% of what I was reading, but the little pieces that did resonate, that did make sense, gave me so much peace. And that just was further motivation to keep diving in. I love it. And I think the love behind it speaks to people. Um, Even if they don't get the non-dualistic metaphysics, it doesn't matter. The love is speaking to them and they're, they're drawn to it. You know what I mean? And slowly, Mm -hmm. I think as we all, we all practice um, and uh, practice, however we decide to practice with it, with a workbook or things that resonate with us, the manual for teachers, everything, it just starts unfolding in our awareness, that remembering Mm -hmm. of what and where we really are (laughs) and what's really going on in the illusion. But I know what you mean, Corinne, because sometimes, you know, you, my sister and I have the same story in the nineties where we both would go to a bookstore and pick this big blue book off the shelf, look at it, open it, and then put it back. I mean, this happens like several times, you know? Um, So I know what you mean, but there's something about the love that's behind it that's speaking to people. And I think certainly when you came to your point of, I will do anything, that's like there there must be a better way. Yeah. That that's, I think, the opening. Do you agree with that? Like Absolutely. Just, and that mm. opening, we don't have to wait to a crisis <laughs> to occur True. to have that opening. You know, that opening is the willingness yeah. that maybe we've been wrong. Maybe we don't know. You know, maybe there is another way. Maybe my perceptions aren't seeing the whole picture. And that that's that opening that then opens up a whole new world to us. And that really is a whole, this really is a whole new world. I love how you just picked up on the love piece because like you said, forget the metaphysics if you need to, it is the love that we are made of that will teach us and will lead us and will guide us home into remembering more. Now the metaphysics were so critical and important for me to understand because I needed an explanation as to why this world was so crazy. (laughs) How absolutely. (laughs) If God is love, like they say God is, then how can a loving God create things that die? Like that was a question that I would wrestle with before I found Mm -hmm. the course, you know, that didn't make sense to me. So Mm -hmm. I needed personally to dive into the metaphysics because I needed answers to those deep existential questions. Absolutely. Us too. It it answered every question I've ever had. And I say on this show all the time, the listeners know, okay, we're not going to leave the metaphysics far behind. But as far as just responding, if you feel like this is for you, and you haven't grasped it yet, it's okay. Everybody's in their process. The main thing really is just to be gentle and not judge yourself, or your Mm -hmm. process. So yes, in order to practice the course, as it's asked to be uh, practiced and applied, we do need to know the metaphysics behind it. But you know what? We need to be gentle with how that comes into our awareness, I think, you know? So gentle, so gentle. I'm glad you said that word because this process of undoing fear can be really gentle. There is a gentleness about I agree. the universe. There's a gentleness about love. And so really 
I, you, you hit on a very key piece with not judging ourselves for where we are. The moment Absolutely. we have a thought of, I need to be further along on my spiritual path than I am. I need to be doing it better. Hello, ego. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> and so coming back into the gentleness, the acceptance of this is where I am right now. And I am okay. I'm going to accept myself exactly where I am is so key in the practice. Oh, you're so right. And for anyone tuning in for the first time, as I often get emails and we have new listeners, I want to welcome you. This is a podcast about the spiritual thought system, A Course in Miracles. And so I have several episodes that go into what the metaphysics are and an introduction to the teachings. Again, very brief 30-minute episodes, but um, they're on here on the podcast list. These are all archived for anyone that wants to go deeper into that. Um, Corinne, I just wanted to read something else profound that I've read thus far. I've only got maybe about 30 pages left in the book, but um, this paragraph, um, again, peace-inducing perception shifts is the title of your chapter, which I love. Um, and I want to talk about your experience with shifting your perception as it pertained with your, to your anxiety. I want to read this paragraph that I just love. Um, you say, if we want to heal, we have to look to the mind and learn how to see the body properly. As you know by now, we cannot do this alone. And then you quote the course, when the ego tempts you to sickness, do not ask the Holy Spirit or your inner therapist to heal the body, for this would merely be to accept the ego's belief that the body is, is the proper aim of healing. Ask rather that the Holy Spirit teach you the right perception of the body, for perception alone can be distorted. Only perception can be sick, because only perception can be wrong. I love that you included that. It, it's so important if people really want to go to the source of healing, which you were saying you want to go to the root cause. So tell me a little bit about your experience with that. And I know you have a lot of good exercises in the book. Mm, so I'm, I, I, it's so nice to just be read, you know, that, that course quote. I love, love, love that course quote because it is. I do too. I'm glad you put it in there. <laughs> I love yeah. it. It's always our perception that needs healing. Just like that says, you know, only perception can be sick because only perception can be wrong. And the body is a wholly neutral communication device. So right. one of my biggest, I'd say my biggest anxiety trigger has been my body because of fears of bodily harm, fears of getting sick. A physical symptom, mm -hmm. I might notice a little twinge, a little pain, and my mind would go, oh my gosh, it's, you know, this disease or that disease. And I could literally, whenever there was an outbreak of something in the world, like SARS or Ebola, like, oh boy, <laughs> you know, right. anxiety okay. trigger. So okay. the, the piece that this quote is bringing up for me right now, this peace-inducing perception shift, is that literally we are learning how to see everything differently, including who we are, including our own body, and including our identity. We're, we're learning how to see all of this differently. And our perception, when we're perceiving a part from our inner therapist, when we're perceiving a part from love, we're seeing through the eyes of the ego and the body's eyes were made to see form and to report back to us separation. So yeah. as we learn how to instead turn to 
as, as you opened with in that paragraph, it said, you know, as you know, by now we can't do this alone. We can't yes. perceive with love by ourselves. I've tried. There were times <laughs> when I'd go for a walk and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to bless everybody. And I would be exhausted, exhausted at the end of the walk right. versus, versus calling, you know, on this part of my mind to say, like, help, help me, help me perceive with love. I want to perceive with love and perceive the truth. And then from there, you start to see like the light just glowing in others and not with your body's eyes, but just a feeling of love and connection. So that shift comes through this work with our inner therapist. And it's that, that perception shift in seeing everything differently and learning how to see with spiritual vision rather than with the body's eyes that has made all the difference for me. Oh my gosh. So well said. And one of the things we cover a lot on the podcast, too, is to um, remind people that seeing in the course is interpretation. It's which mind, how are you thinking? It's your attitude, which creates that feeling you were describing just now, Corinne, of when you gave it over and you said, okay, I want to love everyone, but I'm letting it, you know, Holy Spirit, help me see you know, everyone through your perception, through loving eyes. So it's interesting that the body is part of the ego. The eyes are part of the body. The eyes were made to see form, as you Mm -hmm. so rightly said. And so what changes is our inner attitude. Mm. What changes is the teacher that we choose retranslates what the body's eyes see, and then we can use it for a different purpose, can't we? Mm-hmm. Now it's mm-hmm. the forgiveness opportunity. It's part of the classroom, you know? Yeah. So, well said. It's really important because it's not a subtle um, shift. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big shift when you're thinking about interpretation and, and perception, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love how you just said that your inner attitude changes, and that's so mm-hmm. true that there is that shift that comes from within. And I do want to also emphasize for folks, though, that, you know, we don't necessarily stay there. It's nice if we did, but (laughs) the course teaches that the, um, you know, there's no area of our perception that the ego hasn't touched and that the ego always speaks first and loudest. So it's not that this is where that non-judgment comes in again. It's not that we are going to stop having those judgmental thoughts or those, you know, thoughts of anger and jealousy or self-hatred or whatever it is that we might be visited by a lot. It's that we have no thoughts that we would keep to ourselves. Mm. We are giving Mm -hmm. everything, everything to our inner therapist, our inner teacher, Holy Spirit. We're giving it all over to be repurposed. And that's this moment to moment work is that willingness to give these things over. And that requires radical self-honesty. This is something I've been so enjoying speaking about and sharing about because this mind-watching process requires us to be radically self-honest. If we are having, a, let's say, an icky judgmental thought about another person, but then in our minds we're like, oh, no, no, that's a yucky thought. Like, I don't want to think that. And we just kind of brush it off to the side. We're not asked to self-correct. We're not asked to fix that thought ourselves. We're asked to bring, to own that thought, to say, oh, yuck, I just had this really gross thought come through my mind and it was really (laughs) judgmental. And to bring that to our inner therapist, the Holy Spirit, as well, for that repurposing, to exchange, to get that 
loving perception in exchange for that fearful, fear, fearful perception. So I just had to highlight that honesty piece too, because that's so important. Oh, so well said, Corinne. It's so important. We're taught the ego tells us if we look within, we're going to be punished, killed, <laughs> because we attack God. We don't want to um, have his retribution. You know, this is unconscious to us. But you're so right. We, when we look within, the Course says, what if you were to look within and see there was no sin? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the ego's fear. And you're so right when you say we have to be honest. And guess what happens? Guess how the mind, the mind inter- interprets the body and the ego thought system as real when we say, oh, no, I can't look at that thought. It's too negative. I have to be positive. That's just reinforcing the illusion, the mind, mm-hmm. instead of doing what you just said. And you're like, no, hey, I have this thought. I'm going to bring this thought to my inner therapist and I'm going to look at this a different way. Then the illusion is dispelled. It's not projected. It can be released. Yes. So powerful and your mind, the mind watching and being radically honest, like you said, is just so powerful. I wanted to ask you because you do, um, uh, for the listeners, you, some of you may know, uh, Corinne, she co-founded the Miracle Share International, um, which hosts the largest virtual conference of ACIM um, in the world or whatever. And Corinne, Corinne also, God, I have a friend named Corinne. I keep saying Corinne. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And Corinne also is a licensed counselor herself and has practiced mindfulness meditation. Um, you're like a mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher. Can you talk a lot about meditation and how that has helped you and how you're talking about it in the book? Definitely. So if you think about it this way, if we are constantly asking our inner therapist for a miracle or help, this is the simplest prayer, help. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> help, 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 help. right. <laughs> if we're constantly just asking, asking, asking for the miracle, for the shift, for the shift, please, 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 we are not getting quiet to receive. We're not creating any <laughs> space in our minds to let that shift come in. And so it becomes so critical that we learn how to get still, how to get quiet. Even if our mm-hmm. minds seem to still be going, you know, a million miles a minute, meditation whether it lasts a minute or an hour, I think is very, very important. And the whole workbook of A Course in Miracles, you could say those are all, you know, meditations. I was but, just going to say that. You read my yeah. mind. It's like a meditation yeah. doing, doing those exercises. Yeah, Definitely, definitely. So this ability to pause and, and slow down and stop has been critical for me. Mindfulness meditation has been particularly helpful for me because it helped give me tools for my wandering mind. So the first time I did the workbook, it took me four years to get through the whole thing. So I would just do it here and there and put it down, right. you know, and, sure, and go back to it. Like, oh, yeah, that workbook thing. Let me go back to that. Yeah. And right. <laughs> find, you know, when I try to do a lesson, the distraction would set in. And that's just an <laughs> ego defense mechanism. It's That's all right. it is. It's just I feel like the mind chatter and the mind wandering is just an ego defense mechanism saying, no, you don't want to look within. You don't want to go there. Cause like you said before, you're going to find the love <laughs> when you do That's go right. within. That's so right. mindfulness is really just about the practice of bringing your wandering mind back to the present in whatever way, whatever anchor you might use. So you might use your breath. If we're sitting here, 
and your mind, you notice your mind wanders without judgment. You just bring that wandering attention back to your breath or you bring your wandering attention back to your workbook lesson or a course quote or whatever it is, you know, that you're, that you're working with. And that approach of normalizing the mind wandering, knowing that that's just what the mind does, that it's just an ego defense mechanism and it's going to be there and I can work with it has been super helpful for me in learning how to get still and, and quiet and has actually really deepened my practice of the course because I feel like it's helped me become a better listener to the Holy Mm. Spirit. It's helped me get quiet and connect with that voice of love within me and really feel it, you know, without the, the distractions. Oh, yes. The ego loves the distraction. And that's that's a great point. I think it's going to help a lot of people because a question I get a lot in my practice is, how do I hear <laughs> the Holy Spirit? How do I know I'm hearing, you know, my inner therapist, my inner kindness teacher? But how do I know that I, you know, um, and this thing about getting quiet, do you have a particular thing that you do each day that maybe people listening would resonate with and try as far as your practice? Even like you said, I love it that you said it can be one minute or, you know, an hour or how, however long. So it's not about mm-hmm. sitting up on a mountaintop for everyone Indian <laughs> style and connecting, although there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but <laughs> um, it just doesn't have to be that way. I spend a couple minutes in the morning myself, you know, and then a couple minutes throughout the day, a couple minutes in the evening, just on kind of a mindfulness thing. And I do whatever I'm doing with the course throughout the whole day, obviously forgiveness, it's an ongoing thing. But is there anything that you find that's been particularly helpful with all your knowledge about meditation and everything? Yes. And this has evolved. So it's not always just been, you know, the same, it really evolves over time. But for me, I find every morning now, when I wake up, that's my time to lay there in stillness for at least I'd say, maybe five minutes. I don't jump up right away. Mm -hmm. Currently, my practice is that I have on my wall, and I actually, this is a whole story with how this came to be because somebody did a very spontaneous, I don't know if it was an angel reading or, or what, and I've never really been into angels, even though the course references angels, you know, just a couple times. Mm-hmm. this person told me like, Oh, this angel's with you and this saint. And I was like really touched and that's, you know, really cool. And it just, it, it spoke to me how all of us are guided. We're not alone, whatever way you might conceptualize, you know, that true divine, that divine help. So True. now I have a picture on my wall of these different saints and angels that this person named. And there's a picture of Jesus in the center. And again, it can be any Yay. spiritual figure that resonates with you and Jesus's arms are kind of outstretched like give it to me (laughs) so in the morning I now look at this picture with with all these figures and the the crazy thing is that I mod podged these that's like a glue you know to to stick things on and seal them I used a background on this canvas of newspaper that is from 1974 that my husband saved because somebody gave him a box of stained glass that was wrapped in newspaper from 1974. And it was a travel section of the New York times. And it had a giant picture of Buddha. So now right next to Jesus is Buddha. (laughs) Oh my gosh. From 1974. I mean, you know, this is the type of like synchronicity that, I mean, come on. 
newspaper sitting around from 1974 in somebody's, you know, garage sale box that's given to my husband. He saves the newspaper instead of yeah, me recycling it, it because I get rid right. of everything. <laughs> and now Buddha is on my wall with all of these other figures. And that every morning I release everything to them. I say, take it all. You're in charge. You lead the way. I know nothing. You know, I'm, I'm here to follow. I'm here to be truly helpful. Guide me. And I hand any concern or worry or whatever might be coming up. I give it all over. They've been in charge of my book launch. I just give it all over. And so that's been a very grounding practice for me. Any photographs that are grounding for you that encourage you to release, it can be a picture of a mountain. It can be a picture of your dog. It can be a picture of, you know, whoever, um, any spiritual figure. That's been my meditation practice now to use that time to lay there looking at these images and just releasing anything that's on my mind. I absolutely love it. And I have a picture of Jesus sitting right here as I'm doing this podcast. And I have (laughs) angels all around my husband and my house and different pictures of angels and figurines and stuff and different things people have given me over the years. So yeah, symbols are symbols, but we use these mm-hmm. symbols while we're here temporarily in the dream, don't we? And any, mm-hmm. anything that makes us feel good is wonderful. And I love that, that you do that. It's very, it sounds very similar to, to what I do. Um, and that, that is, that's great. Um, you know, we talk a lot about the practicing, the practical application of teachings and everything on this podcast, because it's so important. And you have a simple, I know you elaborate on <clears throat> things, but you have a simple three-step recipe for healing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, can you tell the listeners about it? I'm very big on keeping things simple because we know the ego is complicated, but our yes. inner therapist is not. Right. Our inner therapist is waiting there saying, give it to me, just hand it over. (laughs) And so the process, which will sound very familiar to folks who are familiar with the Course in Miracles, is to find our willingness to see whatever our issue is differently, whether it's a relationship problem or some circumstance or some worry or concern. Find your willingness to see that differently. Give that willingness Step number two, over to your inner therapist, your inner teacher, whatever word you're comfortable with. And the third, and to ask for the miracle within that, as you give it over, you're asking for the miracle. So it's that exchange. It's like you're exchanging your fear and getting back the miracle. And then the third step is to trust, to trust that you handed it over. And the course says, the moment we ask, the answer is given. The answer has already been given. If nothing Mm -hmm. happens, it's because we're not ready to receive it. We might still have expectations. We might still have attachments to outcomes and how outcomes need to look. So that third step is really important. That's where the trust comes in. That's where the meditation comes in with, with getting quiet and stopping that incessant obsessing (laughs) that, that (laughs) I would do so well. Um, It didn't necessarily stop overnight, but I did have a, I did develop a practice of testing myself. Am I really ready to give something to the Holy Spirit? And if I am, I'm going to write it on a piece of paper and I'm going to put it in a box. And once it's in that box, I can't think about it anymore. And I will tell you, because that, that then represents, I'm ready. I'm handing it over. I'm letting it go. I will tell you, there have been times when I'm like, "Mm -mm, not putting it in the box. 
meaning <laughs> I'm not <Right>. ready <laughs> to hand it over yet. I still think <laughs> I can solve that problem better than the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I still think I can solve that problem better than my inner therapist. And so that then <laughs> becomes information for me to see my unwillingness and to look at that with the Holy Spirit without judgment also. So fantastic. Yeah. The ego kind of always sneaks in the back door. So guys, to the listeners, you know, it sometimes we don't have that willingness or we we don't want to give it up. We're very invested in our specialness. We're very invested in our identity as a body. So that's such a great point, Corinne. You have to be we have to acknowledge that we're not willing. And just say, you know what, <laughs> I'm. this is what I'm going to look at. I'm going to bring that thought again um, to my inner therapist. And we can do mm-hmm. these things thought by thought, step by step. You know, we won't be perfect. When the course is talking about perfect in, the, <clears throat> in one of the sections, it's talking about perfect forgiveness, not perfect behavior. Mm-hmm. So we don't have perfect behavior here as egos. Our lives have been scripted out for us, but we can switch that script. We can shift our perception and the Holy Spirit inner therapist script, the forgiveness script is the, the, the peaceful seeing with that yeah. spiritual sight you talked about earlier, the true vision, which is an attitude, which is always how we're, we're thinking about everything that the body's eyes are showing us. So it's a, it's a big shift. Um, I love, I wanted to mention too, um, also in the uh, five steps to strengthening your choice chapter, page 95, sometimes these, you have mind um, <clears throat> straightening mantras and you say, there is no guilt in me. There is no guilt in others. The belief that I still have problems is my only problem. <laughs> In truth, <laughs> I am already perfect. I just haven't accepted that yet. And then you go on to say, I choose to heal and different things people can say to each other. Corinne, I think it's so powerful when we, this is one of the things where we, I don't, I say we, all of us, we um, don't want to leave the metaphysics too far behind when the course is telling us we have one problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the belief in the ego, which is the belief in the world and the body, which splinters into all our seeming problems out there. So your mantra, there is no guilt in me. There is no guilt in others. Guilt is projection. We're projecting out our hidden thoughts and secret sins and hates that are in the mind, the Course says. The belief that I still have problems is my only problem. You know what? When we read things like that, that is the perfect opportunity to go back to the mind and say, well, gosh, I really need to go to the source. You know, once we eradicate one seeming problem temporarily in the world, another one pops up, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. That leaky pipe. <laughs> that, and that's, <laughs> that leaky that's- all those splintered problems that you just referenced that it really is like a leaky pipe, you know, we'll try to fix one of those leaks through, and I'm not out to speak from my own experience through certain counseling interventions through, um, you know, deep breathing or whatever it may be. But then the fear is just going to spring a leak elsewhere because we haven't gone to the source, which just like you so eloquently said is our belief 
that we're separate from God, that we believe that we're separate from love. We believe that the ego is real, that we are these bodies. It's one, one mistaken belief. And when we start working on that core belief, there's not a need to start problem solving and fixing all the little ones because they start to fall away as we, as we go to that deep, that, that one problem, that one mistake in our minds. And so that has been a key part for me in why the course has been such a wonderful pathway for me because it brought me into that deep place with that one problem that I was so willing and am still, you know, so willing to look at. I don't have anxiety anymore, but I was just going to ask you that next. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I don't have anxiety anymore, but I do still wake up every morning believing I'm Corinne. So I still have work to do. Well, yeah. <laughs> we do look in the we do look in the mirror and then brush our teeth and wash our mm-hmm. face and see mm-hmm. the body. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, but right. the things like anxiety wise, you know, I I don't. I mean, maybe it could come back one day. I have no idea. I don't fear that at all. But there have been so many instances now where things that used to petrify me, I feel neutral, if not happy about. For instance, flying on an airplane, I would worry about that flight the moment I got the ticket. So if I got the ticket a month or two in advance, it would be this underlying unease that, oh, my God, I have a flight coming up. Now, right. oh my gosh. I last time I flew to, it was a year ago, actually, it's been a little while since I've been on a plane, but it was a year ago to actually coming to LA. It was not oh, wow. a smooth flight. And I felt joy. I felt like there is no up, there is no down, they're both illusions, I'm safe no matter what. And that same feeling is still with me as I'm about to go fly to San Francisco to speak in the Community Miracle Center conference. So these <laughs> big shifts. Yay! These big shifts in places that used to undo me show me that just by beginning, you know, this process of remembering love, of remembering truth is so healing. The anxiety has to fall away as we own and remember more and more of who it is that we really are, which is love. Oh, beautifully said. Oh, my gosh. And what a testament you just gave the listeners to the continued practice of a, of a thought system that's wor- worked for you and the other things that you've done too in, in conjunction. It's such a testament. We talk also a lot in my course group and on this show about you start to notice and it's really miraculous miracle being this shift in <laughs> this shift in perception and um, how things that used to bother you just don't anymore and it seems Mm -hmm. what you went through Corinne um and in a minute we'll wrap up and I'll tell you can tell people where to get your book um it's just amazing when I think of my life even I don't know how long I've been doing the course maybe 17 years or something but the the point is I live so differently now just aware Mm -hmm. of dreaming like you said on the plane your example of you would have been a wreck and you were a wreck in the past. And now you were just like, there's no up, there's no down. Everything's fine. That's a, that is a leap. And that is a, a great example of what can happen when the Holy spirit, your inner therapist takes over your mind. Mm-hmm. See guys, we forget how powerful the mind is that we created the whole holographic time space dream. 
don't we think that the Holy Spirit is powerful? If we keep giving our thoughts, recalling the projection, undoing the unconscious guilt, less conflict in the mind, more of a peaceful experience, we're releasing instead of projecting, the Holy Spirit takes over your mind, you're going to have a better experience while we continue to view our scripts here. Um, <laughs> that is just powerful. Corinne, I wanted to ask you right before we wrap up, um, this has just been amazing. Is there anything that you want to announce? I know you're speaking at the um, the Miracle Conference um, and also where people can find you and your book. Yes. So the next thing coming out is the meditation CD that accompanies the book. So there are written meditations in the book uh, and I've recorded those and they are set to beautiful, beautiful music. I never enjoy listening to my own voice, my own recorded voice, but I've actually (laughs) been listening to these meditations because I just love the music so much. And the prompts in the meditations are again, all about undoing fear. So that's coming out. You can actually grab three of those tracks for free through my website and you can get those tracks if you want to download three of them. My website where you can find me is from anxiety to love.com and it's forward slash meditations for the meditation access. So that's from anxiety to love.com forward slash meditations. And the book is available anywhere books are sold. Today is the official day that it has been shipping out and I've been seeing photos all over Facebook of people holding their books and it just it makes my heart so oh my goodness it's it's an amazing feeling to see and I had no idea back then that I'd be where I am now in terms of anxiety so I just hope that this book can be that beacon of light and that hope that my mom was able to instill in me by introducing me to the course. Wow. And that's amazing. Another quick synchronicity we have is my mom actually introduced my sister and I, or she was doing the course first, (laughs) my sister Cindy and I way back in the day. So we have that in common. It's really weird the way that happened. So I love it. uh, We love our moms. Yeah. And Corinne, thank you so much. And I just, I, I have joy when I flip through the pages of, of this book and um, I know it's just going to help so many people and it's really an inspiration where you were and where you are now. And so you heard it here. You can go to from anxiety to love.com. Uh, That's where you can find Corinne and she'll be speaking at the course in miracles conference in San Francisco. And what are the dates of that Corinne? I keep forgetting. That's a great question. It's February. Um, it's, it's, February 22nd, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, whatever that weekend that's is. that's right. Whatever that weekend is. That's right. <laughs> so anybody can can um, check her out there. And um, thank you so much for sharing this time with us on True Forgiveness Teachings. You're welcome to come back anytime. <laughs> oh, I would love to. This has been so much fun, Jackie. I adore you. Oh, love, love you too. And have a great time. You're going to have amazing stories to share at the conference. And um, I want to say to all the listeners, remember to be kind, be gentle with your practice. You are loved and you are loved. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Blessings.